Welcome to this week's edition of Everything is Awesome. I am your host, Kev, and this is a show where we sit down and talk to awesome people about awesome things. I hope your Christmas was great, Um, and uh, your New Year, I hope it's going to be awesome as well. Uh, Week of Awesome, that was was fun to do. Um, Hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, It also helped us get back on track for where we need to be. Uh, Right now on this episode where we're going to continue our conversation with Steve from the Saturday Detention Podcast. Uh, But we're not talking about Steve or the Saturday Detention Podcast or anything else Steve does from down under. Uh, We are going to be continuing our conversation about the mega DC crossover on the CW uh, with Supergirl. Uh, That's up for debate. Arrow, Flash, and Legends of Tomorrow. Now, the first part was last week uh, on Saturday, uh, episode 47. We primarily talked about uh, the CW shows uh, just in general and then also uh, got into the Supergirl part of the crossover, which um, go listen to it and you'll see what uh, our feelings were on that episode, particularly uh, Steve's feelings. Uh, I enjoyed it. We'll put we'll, we'll leave it at that. Uh, but this week we're going to get into uh, The Flash. We're going to get into Arrow. We're going to get into Legends and, and the whole... Uh, invasion crossover event officially with uh, the episodes that were named Invasion. This is Everything is Awesome Invasion right here on awesomepodcast.com. We'll see you in 2017, folks. Now, before we go into detail for the other three episodes, uh, I do. I just, in general, here's what I want to say about all three of them. Not only were they all good crossover episodes, they were all pretty much good episodes of their respective shows. Like Flash was a good Flash episode while being part of the crossover. Arrow was a good Arrow episode while being part of the Flashover. Legends was a good Legends episode while being part of the cross- crossover. And I enjoyed Supergirl's thighs. <laughs> I'm not giving anything away. Uh, okay. I'm just telling you right now. I enjoy the fact that I may have you on tender hooks as far as where I'm going to be going from yeah. here on out. Yeah, because I, I, based off your initial uh, comment to me, I was like, "Oh, he's all in. We're gonna be, we're gonna be so happy about invasion here." Um, and, and now talking to you for the last hour ish, uh, I feel like I loved it and you maybe didn't, or at least you have a lot more, um, to say about it negatively than I do. Well, I'm going to tell you right off, right straight away going into the flash, just to ease your tensions. This had some of the best comic book imagery I have seen in a long time, television, movie, or comic book. My yeah. first note is the whole of fucking justice. Oh my god, that was that was. And I didn't even pick up on it until like the next night when I when I read it. I picked up on it. My my synapses as soon as that popped up on the screen for the first millisecond, everything just started snapping. And all I could think of was the dude from Caddyshack doing the voiceover for the Super Friends cartoon. Um, I, I'm sure you know him better because he's probably a bit more of an American icon, but you know the the guy who was Rodney Dangerfield's enemy in Caddyshack? White hair. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. The judge. I, I, and he did yeah, the voiceover I, for, for Super Friends. That's all I could think. Literally, my entire world froze when I saw the Hall of Justice. 
I, as far as I was concerned from that point on, it didn't matter how bad this crossover went, I had nothing but complete and total respect for the visual design of this moving forward. Yeah, I even mean, to I, the point I, they had the they had the, the the water in front of it with the with yes. the with the sculpture they had yeah. and they they did it so it worked. It's it's an yeah. aircraft hangar, and they had the driveway out the front of it, obviously, so you can bring in aircrafts big enough to test fly. And I imagine at some point we're going to see the front of that hall of justice open up like a hangar. Yeah, well, um, it, it was uh, a little back behind the scenes, um, and this is just me reading up on on the Hall of Justice the other day. Uh, the Hall of Justice is originally based off of um, a, a uh, hangar or something, or a train station maybe, out in uh, Ohio, in, in, in the States here. Okay. Uh, so what the Berlantis did is they got uh, footage of of that uh same building and just used a little bit of cgi to make it look like the great hall of justice so that's a that's a location shot that they've enhanced yes yeah the, the they added the water the water's definitely not there in real life uh they the building i think for the most part is the same shape they just added a few things um so wow. to my understanding uh, so you, but yeah i should, mean it is a, you're telling it, me i can go to a real life hall of justice What's that? You're telling me I can actually visit the Hall of Justice. Or something that looks very similar to it. That's Um, all I I need. Yeah, yeah. If if I if you remind me, uh, you know, at at your nighttime, my daytime, I can probably find the link to where I read that and where it is, and 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 send you the at least the the whereabouts where it's located. That's insane. But yeah, no, I I agree that the 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 whole. storyline from from episode to episode to episode for these three invasion episodes um i think was it was very comic booky and in all the right ways like i used to i say that about avengers i think avengers is a great comic book movie like it's it's a comic book come to life i think that the 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 berlanti verse put that to shame um and and Avengers is the first time we get a big mashup of a superhero team. Uh, so Marvel was the first to do it. Um, in the DC world, Legends of Tomorrow was the first to do it. But we're, we're anticipating a massive crossover of franchises with Marvel. Uh, you know, with Guardians of the Galaxy and Avengers and Doctor Strange and maybe even the Netflix shows, where where Infinity War is going to be massive. Leg- uh, Berlanti verse did it first. Berlanti verse beat everyone to the punch to have maybe it's not as many characters as what Infinity War is going to be, but to take three moving ships that are independent things uh, and and just combine them all into one thing. They did it first, and I think they did it exactly how you would read it in a comic book, how it would look in a comic book, and I think it's one of the best crossover it's the best crossover film or television i've ever seen oh and and the one thing which i'll touch on which you which you mentioned the thing that i do love about these next uh the flash and arrow and not legends of tomorrow because it doesn't do it they leave at the perfect point 
where you are now going into, uh, so from Flash, you're going into Arrow. They, they, the last yeah. thing you see is Arrow getting transported away. At the end of Arrow, the last thing you see is the legends on that ship leads into Legends of Tomorrow. Yeah. Their breakpoints were the perfect, almost like an analogy of, the, of a comic book where your crossovers work perfectly if you leave it so that the person buying the comic doesn't have to pick up the next comic book, but they want to. Now, I will admit, even yeah, from the yeah. last scene of Supergirl leading into Flash, Flash to Arrow, Arrow to Legends of Tomorrow, even if I didn't enjoy the episode, I was left at a point where I kind of like went, okay, well, I can see how this now leads into the next episode. The setup, the structure was fantastic. I it, um. I agree. I agree. I, I think that they set it up perfectly. Um, and, and to go to, um, to talk about the legends ending and, and I, we can go into more detail about it when we actually sit down and, and we talk about legends, but, um, I think it was an interesting choice for legends to end, not as legends, but as we'll go back to the term Arrowverse, Arrowverse, um, because it, it ended with, the two guys that created this this universe of, of uh, television shows, um, and and it didn't bother me. Like I actually really enjoyed that the last thing we saw in the invasion storyline was a conversation with, uh, as far as the Berlanti verse is concerned, probably two of its greatest heroes. Oh, it, absolutely! You can't have this universe without these two guys. Yeah. So it I just mean, doesn't. I, I, it doesn't happen. Yeah, and I. So I think the way it, the the crossover event ended, I just. I. It, it really was. It was one of those heartwarming moments. It's when they poured a little bit of extra heart warmth into yep. it. They brought a little bit of that flash formula. They left the heroics and whatever that other H is behind and brought the the heart. Well, without the um, without Arrow, you don't have the Atom. Without Flash, you don't have Firestorm. Yeah. Without, you know, um, without a, a lot of what's going on in these two shows, you just got our Earth, not theirs. Yeah, yeah. You know, so, and um, and full credit to these guys as far as the, the story structure of, of all this going. Now, the, the first note, or the last note, I should say, that I've got here in regards to the Flash episode, is this should have been part one. This just yeah. proves that Supergirl was a complete and total waste of time. <laughs> um, I mean, I I will say that uh, you're right. It should have been part one, and I think technically, if you uh, if you read, um, yeah, I'm lo looking at the episode numbers in the Wikipedia entry for Invasion, and it says The Flash Part One, Arrow Part Two, Legends of Tomorrow Part Three. It doesn't even mention uh, Supergirl in here as the crossover event. Yeah, uh, even though Supergirl was in, she was part of the crossover event. I I wholeheartedly agree with with that saying that Supergirl wasn't actually the show, the episode was not part of it. The character was in Flash Arrow and Legends. Um, I don't think it was a waste of time, but we've already discussed Supergirl. <laughs> now, so, this um, is where I start to make concessions. This episode showed me 
that although I wasn't fond of where Supergirl's episode fit in with this episode, uh, with this crossover, I am loving both this character. I'm loving the way that she's played by what's her name, Melissa. Melissa, I don't know, Benoist maybe. Benoist. Um, and I am loving the fact that during the training session, when everyone is attacking her or attempting to, she's just floating there and they do a, a shot to her and she's just smiling her ass off. Yeah. Like she is just knowing that these people have no chance and she's just having a bit of fun with it, you know? And because we get to see her floating up in the sky, we get another shot of her thighs. <laughs> um, I, what, here, I'm going to point out um, I, some of the Supergirl moments I liked in this episode, and I'm sure we'll get to others, but there's two that stand out. Three. three there's three that stand out. Uh, and I think I'm going to say them in order. Uh, when uh, she, you know, when, when uh, Heatwave says, what makes you so super? And oh. she f- floats, floats into the air and uses her heat vision to... Uh, you know, carve her logo into the 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 Hall of Justice floors. Yep. Um. And and Felicity goes, best team up ever. <laughs> it was on all the trailers and everything. Um. Really cool. Uh. And and it was I think a moment where uh she, you know she is speaking for the audience. Like I I was sitting there saying yes, I absolutely agree. This is the best team up ever. This is like I had goosebumps watching during the Flash because part of it is probably because it's the Flash, and I, I don't think there's a, ever a bad episode of the Flash. Um, but also because it is the first time that Supergirl is now with all these other heroes. Uh, it was really really cool. Um, second Supergirl moment that I want to mention happened in Arrow. Uh, when Barry in- says uh, to to Supergirl, here I want you uh, to meet Oliver. He's someone I ha- who I really wanted you to meet, or, or s- something like that. He yeah, phrases yeah, yeah. it in some fashion. Again, the audience speaking through Barry. Uh, I- I- as soon as Flash appeared on Supergirl, I said I cannot wait until it's Flash, Oliver, and Supergirl all on one screen. I you know, and and it, it didn't disappoint. The the way that the that this arrow is positioned in the universe. Like it was just so on the nose of how I expected it to go. Um, and then the third and final little Supergirl moment that I really enjoyed is, is your third is your third in legends of tomorrow. It, it is. It is. Is it at the end? It is. <laughs> Does it involve, uh, a, let's call it a meta joke. Uh, no, no, oh. not so much. Okay. Okay. So, uh, but it, it involves Felicity, where uh, Felicity says, "God, it's like looking into a mirror," and and uh, and Kara, because she's no longer Supergirl, she's dressed as Kara Danvers, yep. so she's got her hair up, she's got the glasses on, and, and yeah, it was they they kind of looked alike, and uh, and then Ray Palmer says something about uh, oh, Ray Palmer says, "Yeah, she, she kind of looks like my cousin." Kind of looks like my cousin. <laughs> And then her, and then he looks at Felicity real quick, and they—it's an awkward moment because they used to date. Uh, that was that they were my favorite Supergirl uh, moments, uh, at least that I am initially coming up. That's with. that's um that's what I meant by by a meta joke. It was something. Uh, it was almost like a fourth wall break. Oh, see, I took meta as meta human. I can understand why because that <laughs> that word is dropped every five minutes in this crossover. <laughs> I when Brandon Routh stood there and said she looked kind of like my cousin, I did one of those things where uh, 
my hands both went up into the air and I wanted to say how cool it was, but the words just choked in my throat. And I was like, that's fantastic. This was the last time we saw a Superman movie was with Brandon Routh. And he's making... (laughs) (laughs) And he's making a joke about the fact that he should have gotten to be in more, you know, but now he's on Legends of Tomorrow and we haven't had a Superman movie since. <laughs> yeah, you know, um, I've I've got to I've got to admit that was one of my favorite. When he did that, I just because I was waiting the whole time for a Superman joke, and they didn't have the two of them interact that much. And then when they did that, I was just like, "You guys are just fucking brilliant." It is. There's. I mean, the the writing, the fact that they made the invade the this crossover work. In my opinion, it worked. Like it's just, it, not not one episode was terrible. Uh, as far as the three parts, we're not gonna we're we're gonna keep Supergirl to the side for now. But the three main parts of Invasion, I think, were just across the board good. Uh, I still th- I think out of the three, I think Flash is was the best. Um, and part of that reason may be because it it started as a Flash storyline. Uh, so it kind of makes sense that Flash um, has all the best parts of it. Uh, Flashpoint influenced this storyline in a in a huge way, to the point where they took threads from from Legends, but even the threads from Legends, where you had the message from Future Barry, yeah, came yep, into it. Yep. So you had you even had this mini crossover between what's been happening in the flash this season what's been happening in legends this season and they kind of finally came to a head where the flash message became poignant it was now a thing and it's it's almost like i and unless that flash message from legends is going to pay off in another way at some point it almost is like older older uh, barry uh, leaves that message so that everyone hates him and and that he and it forces himself to stay behind so that he doesn't get controlled by the by the dominators. The thing that makes me think it doesn't relate to this crossover is that there's a point in that message where Barry says, "Captain Hunter, you will be pulled back." Ah, interesting. Now, Rip, I kept thinking, "Shit, they're going to recruit." And we're going to get Rip back in this episode. He never once turned up. Yeah. Now there's yeah, going to be right. something that goes on later on down the track where we're going to learn that that message didn't relate to invasion, but it related to I don't know. Will we get the? You know how I mentioned about the the Wave Rider being named after a time traveling hero. Mm. That time traveling hero is actually related to Rip Hunter. Will that be where that message comes into effect? And that's where we need to pull Rip back into and recruit him from a certain period in time. Yeah, I'll buy that. I'll buy that theory. Uh, And it's a very loose and flimsy theory, by the way. Very, very loose. It's only just because of that one line where it said, Captain Hunter, you will be pulled back. No, but you know what? That's the thing. Those little things are what makes uh, loose theories as solid theories, in my opinion. Yeah. Well, you know, if you're willing to give my my theory weight, I'm happy to to take that, and that will feed my nerddom even even more. <laughs> now, my last note with uh, this episode is mind control fight. Fucking cool. <laughs> Enjoying yep. this episode and this 
crossover a lot more now. Yeah, um, it, it totally uh, was. Um, it, it was the proper way to kick off a crossover episode. I don't think I tweeted it out, but I definitely, as I was watching it, I was like, "Now this is a crossover." Oh, this was when they toasted the president. Yeah, toasted yeah. him, and and I was was there any part of you, and I don't think it comes into play until the legends episode i think but uh when the the first moment that they say um they talk about the new the next the, the new president yeah and they say well madam president i was like oh my god are they gonna are they going to have linda carter as the president in this universe now too uh setting up for a perfect way to collapse the multiverse into one universe now how you, you're gonna have to rewind for me for one second you've name dropped dean kane uh, <laughs> Are you telling me okay. that, 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 that the, the first woman that I ever fell in love with is the president in Supergirl? Is on Supergirl? Yes. Well. Correct. I, I need to watch that just to see how my, my childhood sweetheart has aged. This was the first woman I was ever going to marry was Linda Carter. Uh, yes, that was uh, that's a season two uh, reveal. Uh, and, uh, and I forgot that you don't know this. So now, now I, now it makes more sense when I say, I wonder, I, I thought it was going to be, so you didn't think that at all. I had no but when clue. they said that they said something about Madam president, I'm like, oh my God. Uh, yeah. For, and me, I'm like, oh my God, they, they're totally, they're going to have Linda Carter be president in both universes. Um, and they didn't, uh, they, uh, sadly they didn't, but, um, yeah, she's totally the president in, uh, earth 38. Oh man! If if she had have turned up, this would have this would have been just the Linda Carter podcast. <laughs> That's all this would have been. Okay, well, see now now um, I'm kind of yeah, I'm see, tipped I, over I, the I, edge with Supergirl now because you've you've name dropped that Dean Cain's in it. You've name dropped that that Linda Carter's in it. Uh, obviously, they're going with the same kind of care that they are with Arrow Legends and Flash. Yeah, uh, they totally are, and I think more so in season two because now that it's on the cw um i don't think the studio is is involved uh now like cbs probably held back berlanti and his team to a degree on supergirl i mean and i say to a because really a lot of the shit they did on supergirl in season one was kind of crazy and it was awesome um but uh now that it's part of cw i think that all these little i don't think linda carter appears on season two of cbs's supergirl uh i don't i don't think you get that um, you definitely don't get her on the invasion crossover if this is uh, still part of CBS. So it moving to the CW was the best move for Supergirl uh, and probably for you because now you're a fan. <laughs> <laughs> of Linda Carter, yes. Of Melissa Benoit's thighs, yes. I now have all the reasons in the world to watch this show. Yeah, I mean, and I'll tell you just to deviate from invasion for a minute. I'll tell you there are some things about Supergirl that I find a little silly, um, and, and uh, like Jimmy Olsen um, is is in the show, uh, and I, I find it there's some there's some storylines with him that I find 
pretty silly. I won't spoil anything, but um, you know, other but it does it, it. The episodes and the show is just so good in general that I can forgive it. Um, so that's probably why the Flash gets the slight lead in being my favorite show, unless it's the episode of Flash and Supergirl. Uh, on the same episode from season one, because that episode was just so adorable. Um, and like I, many people ship, uh, you know, Barry and Iris. Uh, there's some people that, that, uh, that, that ship Barry and Caitlin. I'm totally a Barry and Cara Danvers shipper. Like I love the idea of them too dating at some point because they're just so adorable on screen together they have a great they do have a great chemistry now i'll um i'll 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 shock you with something the the supergirl episode didn't sell me on watching that and going back and and catching up with it i know you you, you're probably surprised by my reaction (laughs) here um uh, you know so hold on to your hold on to your hat but the more i'm seeing supergirl as a character interacting with with this universe, the more I'm thinking I can go back and watch this show. And if I had been watching this show, perhaps I would have enjoyed Medusa a little bit more. Uh, I, I 100% agree. I think that, um, that, that CW promoted it in a way to get the extra audience for that first night. Um, and I think they're lucky it didn't backfire on them. I think they really are. I think it could have been like, it, it, no matter what me and the other fans of Supergirl would have watched it and continued to watch the rest of invasion, but they kind of rolled the dice of calling that a part one of the crossover with fans who maybe don't watch Supergirl so that they would watch Supergirl and inflate those ratings. A lot of people could have said, well, fuck this. I'm only going to watch my show, which is Legends. I'm not going to watch everything because it's all a bunch of BS. Yeah. But it's, it's, as, as we go along, she is doing a fantastic job of selling me on the fact that I should watch this show because her character, and I never thought I'd say this about uh, Supergirl, but her character is absolutely adorable. She is just... Yeah. She is cute as hell. She also has uh, this fantastic backbone to her, but at the same time isn't like um, a bitchy woman. You know? Uh, Yeah, I mean, yeah. You pretty much summed up, like, season one. Like, that's kind of how... Like, as they grow her as a character in season one, I mean, you've summed up that character growth for the most now, part. Now, I'm also thinking, uh, because you've you've managed to sell me on this show, is I am so looking forward to seeing this Supergirl and Linda Carter just in the same scene together. So that mm-hmm. 12-year-old me's mind can just be blown <laughs> and go, oh my God, Supergirl and Wonder Woman on the screen together. This is fantastic. And I'll tell you what, if, if just that makes you uh, want to smile, uh, so far Linda Carter's only been in one episode, but um, uh, that episode is great, and there is going to be some dialogue in that episode, specifically near the end, that will make you smile big time. Well, I'm, I'm, uh, well then it, my homework is because um, you guys over there are going to give me no television to watch in the next couple of weeks. <laughs> and... Uh, I will make it my homework that during that that period I will make 
at least season two of Supergirl, my number one priority. I mean, you have enough time that you could binge watch Supergirl season one and what we've had of season two so far and and start watching season two in January when it comes back uh, and be all caught up. It, it is. I don't think you'll be disappointed. I I do think that when you watch um, if you rewatch the pilot uh, and start from season one, I do think you need to be very forgiving for the first two or three episodes. Um, but episode four or five is when it really finds its footing. Uh, and, and it, I've been a fan of it since episode one, but I've been a real fan of it since about episode four or five. I'm I'm happy to give it a go then. So, and, um, but she is at the moment for me, um, and I don't know if they deliberately wrote it this way because they're trying to highlight her. I know all of these characters. I know Flash. I know the legends. I know the guys from Arrow. Um, in this Flash episode, she's becoming a standout for me. Um, the fight between her and Barry, yeah. where Barry figures out that maybe she can destroy the Dominator's weapon, um, and they go on that run, and you get that feature yep. where it's who's faster. And you get this great moment where Barry's running up the building, and he hasn't figured out that she's already at the top of it. And you see the, the heat vision come down, and you see him basically give a little girl shriek and then have to dodge out of the way of it do a 180 and head back down the building. I loved this as a showcase for the two of them. Yeah, I, I mean, and that, I, I, I loved it. I, it's, I can't say anything bad about this episode. No. Um, and that's the, that's the type of, like, that interaction, even though it was more heated between the two of them um, during that chase scene, is, is, like, the kind of fun stuff that you see in, in their, their crossover from season one. Uh, between the two characters. Now, the only um, thing which I did notice with this episode is I felt that um, compared to what we've seen previously, um, they did kind of hit us over the head with the Cisco Barry tension. That's been yeah, it has, but it's come back to the forefront. It kind of simmered down a little bit. You'd had the Caitlin Killer Frost thing going on, and then all of a sudden in this episode, Cisco seemed to go back to his first couple of episodes of the season where he really despised Barry. Yeah, yeah. The first couple episodes of the season, he despised Barry, and then they kind of made amends. Yeah. And then in the Killer Frost episode, directed by Kevin Smith, yep. um, they, they, it, came, it came to light uh, that maybe if uh, Barry didn't create Flashpoint, his brother still would be alive. So I, I, I get the tension coming back again. Um, but I do agree that in, in, they made it a real point to stress that in this episode. Um, and, uh, I, I guess it makes sense because it is a flash episode, but we also get the resolution in a non flash episode, um, which is kind of weird if, if they were going to push it so hard, you know? Yeah. Now, I've actually, just to jump forward slightly, one of my notes here for Legends of Tomorrow is Cisco Barry taking place in Legends of Tomorrow. But Arrow was a very Arrow-centric episode. Now, maybe we can leap into Arrow. Yeah, to comment on your note there, uh, before we hit Arrow, I'll agree. Legends of Tomorrow um, felt like a combination of Legends and Flash. Um, earlier I said it was very, it was Legends friendly and it was, but there was a lot of Cisco and a lot of Felicity and a lot of Barry in that episode. 
Um, but it makes sense because Legends of Tomorrow is also the it, it is the baby of Arrow and Flash. Absolutely, like, the the cast comes from both shows anyway. It was almost like the the Legends of Tomorrow showing some respect to to what made it. Yes, totally. And um, Arrow. So we can uh, before we go to Arrow. I'm, my final note on Flash is. As a Flash episode, I've said it over and over, it was great. It may have even been the best episode of Flash this season. Um, and it was, um, it just was, it was a great way to kick off the invasion. Uh, I loved it. Acting was superb. Uh, there's, I had no complaints for this episode from start to finish uh, in, in Flash. And it, and it finished um, on a fantastic Arrow, note. With, yes. They, they'd yes. won. They succeeded. Everyone, the mind control was yes. gone. Yes. And then all of a sudden, uh, bang, everyone starts disappearing. Yep, yep, everyone but the metas. Which and leads... I didn't click to that. Neither did I. I did, did not, not click, click until I felt like they an had absolute idiot when they brought that yep. up. <laughs> when, when they brought it up, I was like, I'm a big old dummy. Oh, That's hell. totally what happened. I'm too busy looking um, at that chick's thighs to look at what's going on around me. Uh, I think it was interesting. They didn't really promote this as Arrow's 100th episode. At least I didn't notice that they were promoting it as Arrow's 100th episode. But the invasion portion, the Arrow portion of Invasion, is actually their 100th episode uh, through five seasons. Um, Arrow is a show that kicked off this whole entire Berlanti verse, uh, and it's a show that has had. Uh, its fans burned last season, burned to the point where the people that run the Reddit group turned it into a daredevil group uh, <laughs> <laughs> during the off season, during the summer. So wow. it, it, it had to earn, Arrow had to earn its fan base back this season. And I think it's done that since, since the first episode. I think it's been great. I think it's been... Um, completely the opposite of what season four was which season four turned into more of a um like soap opera between him and felicity and felicity was way too like she was too much of a superhero without being a superhero right season five has corrected that uh so so leading up to this 100th episode i think we were just getting better and better episodes with the flat or with um arrow here now i've been touching Uh, on flash uh sorry arrow this season because of one simple reason is that they've been bringing in Vigilante, they've been bringing in Wild Dog, they've been bringing in all of these fringe characters from the DC Universe. Yeah, um, and, you know, for me, like, all these characters really, like, I don't know any of them uh, really all that well. I, you know, whenever they introduced them, I had to go online and read about them and, and become more familiar with them. Um, I, I love the idea... Um, I, I think one of the big things I loved about Arrow this season is actually more of a Flash thing, is that uh, they stuck to the Flashpoint uh, turning his John's daughter into his son. Um, I, I think you know, the fact that they didn't, re- they, they didn't revert that back, I mean, and it paid off in this episode, or it, it paid off maybe in actually in the the last episode in, in the flash episode but either way that storyline kind of paid off uh that started back in the first episode of of the flash this season um and for the 100th episode of arrow uh i think it was stellar it was great they did it was perfect for them to have this during invasion so that they could bring back 
all these people from the last five seasons and have it make total sense. Well, this this is the this is the great payoff for all of the flashbacks that Arrow has had through the years as well, because this was almost like a uh, like a, a, a is the best way to put it like an alternate flashback. You know, you always have the things about um, you 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 see where you've got um, like they they showed it again where. Um, Oliver's on the on the life raft and the and the father shoots himself. The mother is killed. Um, you know, uh, Black Canary isn't around anymore, and all this kind of thing. And this goes back to the very beginning of the the show, where he doesn't get on the boat. Yeah, and it's a flashback of what if he never set foot on that boat, and it still managed to bring in um, Sarah and Ray and. You had all of these things going on. I wanted to know what the hell was happening with... Because Mick was one of the guy, people who was transported, wasn't he? No, I don't think he was. I think the only people that were transported were... Um, they were just all Arrowverse characters, were they? Yeah, it was It was Arrow, uh, It was was Arrow. Oliver, it was Thea, it was Sarah, Diggle, and Ray. Uh, Heatwave, uh, Mick, I, I guess he was on the Wave Rider? I, I don't know... I actually had the same question and kind of forgot about it by the end of the, the, the storyline, but I, I don't know what happened to Mick. Uh, I, I guess he was somewhere else and they didn't take it. Yeah. Now, if you're a person who hasn't been watching Arrow, you've only been watching Flash, this one episode has now brought you completely up to speed on five seasons of Arrow. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I totally agree. Written perfectly. Not as group-centric as, say, The Flash and Legend of Tomorrow will be, but considering the fact that you mentioned that it was the 100th episode of The Arrow, this was the perfect 100th episode for this show. Yeah, I mean, it, it was for, let's say, 95% of the episode, it was strictly Arrow people. Now, yes, two of those Arrow people are on Legends, but they started off on Arrow, um, so it was. It was. It was. Um, and and it wasn't. Uh, it, it, despite it being part of an invasion, it wasn't very heavy in that storyline. That storyline kind of played into the background of what was going on. Even though, like, so, so Ali started to realize this. This something feels off about this. This life doesn't seem right, and. You know, so obviously the Dominators, the aliens, it played a part in this episode, but it was whereas in Flash and in Legends, that was the forefront. Like they were out on on Front Street. It was all about them. Uh, This was not about the invasion really until about the end of the episode. But that being said, that was my complaint with Supergirl. Is Supergirl wasn't about the invasion. <laughs> I have no okay. complaints with this episode. I still feel like this was... Even though it wasn't... Now, this is the cleverness of this episode to me. This is where I, I actually looked at this episode at the end of it and said, this is why this episode was so well written and such a good hour of television. Is that not one point during this was I like... Come on, let's see the aliens. Come on, let's get the, the yeah. let's get the invasion going. Let's go. On. It felt to me like, and I'm not. And this is another kicker. I'm not a fan of episodes 
where the viewer knows that the characters are in some kind of virtual reality because you always know how it's going to wind up. They're going to end up kicking themselves out of it. It's all going to fall apart. They're going to go back to their normal lives. Um, there's the, the, the episode of Ash versus the Evil Dead recently that was doing that to yeah. me. Um, yeah. But then at the end of the episode, it wound up in such a way that I was back on board. This one never lost me the whole way yeah. through it. Because the point of it was, mm-hmm. Ollie is fighting his way out of it. We're not trying to trick you. We're not trying to tell you that he's. this is now his life and the other one was a dream. Straight from the get-go, Ollie knew there was something wrong. And then slowly he was convincing everyone else. And it was just showing you what Ollie's strength of character is. Mm-hmm. And I shouldn't have... This had all of the tropes of a, of a virtual reality flashback episode that I do not like. But I was on board 100%, even to the point where they broke out and they were on the ship and they were running through the ship and all that kind of thing. I wasn't even thinking this is what you should have been doing all the time. Beautifully written. Yes, and I think, and I love seeing all the characters come back. Like, we, we you know, seeing his parents back who I don't think we've seen um, Robert um, Queen in even in a flashback form in a couple seasons um, to probably since maybe season one, maybe season two um, and his mom we haven't seen since probably episode three. Uh, and then even like having uh, Tommy, uh, you know, ma- Tommy Merlin made a uh, appearance. Seeing, um, you know, I won't. I'm a little disappointed that Deathstroke was there in the fashion that he was. I understand that they couldn't probably get the guy. I, I'm sure he's busy doing something I else. I did so notice he was in the mask the whole time. Yeah, I I wish because I loved that actor. Like I thought he did a stellar job. Um, I loved seeing him and and um, Stephen Amell. Uh, choose the scenery with one another. Um, Malcolm Merlin, who is still part of, he's still alive and whatnot, but we haven't seen him in a while. Just seeing all these characters from the Arrowverse who we have not seen in the same place in quite some time, being in the same place, I thought was really, really great. My favorite part of the episode um, was, uh, and my, my least favorite part actually kind of relates to it, uh, was Thea making the decision that she wanted to stay like uh. that? I loved. Like I was like that. Like what? I like. I, I don't. I can't believe they're gonna do it. Like they're gonna. I guess they're writing her off the show or something because like she's cause she's gonna stay. They they hooked me. They I, they made me believe that she wasn't gonna come back. And I would have loved to see uh, a what if scenario of what if she didn't like, I'm a little disappointed that she ended up coming back. Like it's there. I, her motivation for not coming back was her same motivation for staying. And I guess I get it. I guess it makes sense. I feel like that was kind of a waste to have her stay. Um, if you were just going to have her come back literally within the next five minutes. Well, that's, uh, that's where I'll, I will 100% agree with you. When, Oliver was talking to her and they spent a fair bit of time, the two of them talking and him convincing her and her saying, no, 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 no. I knew I was going to be disappointed because if she was going to come back and just 
come out, walk out, stand next to them and say, I had a change of heart. They spent too long with her convincing Oliver that she was going to stay. Because then once he left, she was adamant. She was dead set convinced and he was convinced that that she was going to stay. There was nothing and no one in that room who would have been able to change her mind. But she just walked out and said, yeah, I had a change of heart. I I think the way you could have had the best of both worlds is you don't see her again until the Legends episode. Yeah. Like you just – you leave what happened to her ambiguous enough to where you could write something clever, even if it's just in one line of dialogue – where it could be the same line. It could be her coming back and saying, I realized I couldn't leave my family behind. And I would have been happy with her showing up, you know, in the middle of the fight uh, on Legends. Yep. I think that would have made much more sense. Yep, absolutely. But uh, aside from that, this whole thing was a great um, way for them to introduce people who had maybe only been watching Flash or the sci-fi elements of Legends of Tomorrow, or even Supergirl, because it was on a different channel, like you were saying, and bringing them in and giving them an entire backstory, and none of it felt like exposition. Yeah, no, I agree. And I, and I, I would say that's probably... I said it about Flash, but I'll say it about Arrow, too. I think it was the best episode of Arrow this season, at the least. I think Flash had the best episode, probably the second best episode of Flash ever, Definitely the best episode of season three. Arrow had its best episode of season five. Best episode of season four. Um, probably its best episode since somewhere in season three. Uh, it just was a really good episode. Um, and and the f- they were lucky that they were able to line up their 100th episode with this episode. Because it just was a perfect, perfect 100th episode. And a great middle chapter to the invasion storyline oh absolutely absolutely now then you get them once they break out then you start getting knee deep into the dominators and the and the invasion and all of that kind of thing again as they're trying to escape off the ship jump onto the drop ship i was surprised by that you've got this one single ship with a with a bunch of non-meta humans on it and the dominators sent an entire fleet after this one ship and still couldn't destroy yeah. it. Well, I think it was to show um, how serious the Dominators were with um, stopping the the teams from from fully rejoining one another and becoming a full force. Because they were at this point, we only know that they're afraid of the metas. Yeah. Um, and uh, you know, so I th- I think I I. I enjoyed it. I thought it was a great way to kind of to hammer that home that that's how important destroying these non metas were. Yeah, and they're still in, you've got all of these people with powers and stuff like that, but these are the people who are going to give them the information they need. Now, when when it comes out the 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 line about you know the the weapon is almost complete, being as entrenched as I am in the invasion comic book, I knew that we were looking at the meta bomb. Oh, okay. I kn- okay. Because I knew that. Because what happens is uh, Invasion at the end of issue two, um, the Daxamites, you know, like Monel, um, turn yes. the tide of the invasion and the Alliance actually surrenders and hightails it out of there. And one rogue dominator who 
is acting against the orders of the entire alliance, detonates the metabomb. Now, at the end of the second uh, second issue of Invasion, he actually succeeds in detonating the bomb and all of Earth's metahumans are wiped out to the point where they're all in comas. Oh, wow. Some of them, uh, that's the, one of the great things about Invasion is a lot of the heroes actually die from the metabomb. They wipe out quite a wow. few of the heroes who maybe their books weren't selling well or they wanted to trim a team down. <laughs> and, you yeah. know, so it's like, let's use this to, to cut out the deadwood. Um, and then yeah. issue three of Invasion is actually a select few. Uh, you've got Martian Manhunter, Superman, Starman, a uh, couple of the Green Lanterns and the Doom Patrol and the Omega Men. Oh, sorry, not the, the Doom Patrol. Um, the Omega Men heading to the Dominator's home planet to get a cure for the Metabomb. So this is where the deviation is huge compared to the comic book. Because it does explode at the end of the second one. And then, and I knew at this point, well, we're not going to the Dominator's home world because we're already heading back to Earth. And then we're heading into Legends of Tomorrow. There's not enough time to to get a team together, head, head and do a siege on the home planet. And as a person who's, who knows the Invasion comic book, this is where, for me, I was kind of like, okay, so this in this version, they're not even going to detonate the bomb. Okay, okay. But I didn't expect the time travel element of this show. And I should have, okay, yeah, well, because it's Legends of Tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, you know what? Um, I was wondering what they were going to do on Legends. Um uh, to to and before we get to legends, just to recap, uh, I think Arrow was great. Uh, I think it was the best episode of Arrow this season. Um, legends, uh, I don't know. I don't know if I would actually say this is the best episode of Legends this season. Um, but I also don't th- know how much I want to call it an actual Legends episode because it's it's very it's very crossover heavy. Uh, this was the one episode, and I got you know I'm reverting because I, I said earlier in the episode it was true to legends, but honestly, the only thing that made it true to legends was the time travel aspect. Other than that, it was mainly, um, mainly a crossover episode with furthering little bits of the storyline for legends and Flash actually. Like it was a very heavy on on invasion and then Flash and legends storyline as two separate things. Uh, with you know uh, Cisco and Barry's relationship, Stein and his relationship with his now he has a daughter in the in the in this, and it's not because of Flashpoint; it's because of his own little personal Flashpoint he created. Um, and uh, and before we get really into the meat of this, I do want to say that, uh, like I said, it was a really it was just it was a good episode. It was a, I think a really great way to kind of close out the invasion storyline. Uh, at least from a person who never read the comic books perspective. Uh, and it was just a solid episode all around. I, like I said, probably not the best Legends episode, even even of this season, but definitely up there. Really good episode. Uh, top two episode, top three episode for Legends. Uh, and um, really enjoyed it. Yeah. I, I thought that, that as far as a, just a, just an episode of television in general that needed to tie up uh, a lot of things that have been happening and needed to please a lot of people. Um, they did a really, really good job. 
because they were still able, I thought, even though, like you said, this was this was very crossover heavy. We got a lot of um, resolution for Cisco and Barry. Um, we got a lot of, of other stuff going on. We had the Martin Stein, like you said, with the, the aberration, who is his, his, his daughter brought into the into the show so you had stein and caitlin spending a bit of time together there was a, it was very flash heavy but the the fact that they were able to do the time travel elements of it where not only did they travel through time themselves but they also had a character that they met in the 50s who was still there today and yes, yes. that was a very cool thing how it turned out that the guy who was basically having a problem with the aliens and forming the truce so that they said that they'd leave if they could just get Barry because, again, Flashpoint comes into this episode in a big way um, because it's not just being felt on Earth, but we learn that the repercussions are being felt throughout the universe. The Dominators have figured it out. Yeah, I, I, it's interesting that Flashpoint... Because uh, Flashpoint did not affect Earth 2. It did not affect... Earth 3 did not affect Earth 38. Um, Flashpoint only affected Earth Prime, and it's kind of shocking that it it affected beyond Earth. It didn't affect just Earth Prime. It, it affected the Prime Universe. Yeah. And that was cool. Um, yeah, I, I thought that was a neat, neat thing to, to be revealed. Uh, in this episode, we find out that um, Barry's ready to hand himself old, over. Of course uh, he is. That's and... what Barry does, man. <laughs> that's that's Barry all over. All he has to, if he saves um, one person by handing himself over, you know he's going to take off that mask and he's going to do those puppy dog eyes, man, and he's going to go, well, I, that's what i got to do. You know? Yeah, and, um, and, and it's great that no matter how all these characters feel, uh, about Gary, uh, Gary, about Barry at this point. Gary Allen is the lesser known speedster. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Gary, Gary Allen spends a lot of his time hanging out with Hank Christ. You know, they're those two. Oh. So you've got you've got Gary Allen and Hank Christ, and they they those guys they're a posse. <laughs> uh, but but everyone, even even Diggle, like Diggle doesn't. He feels burned that. You just thought it was okay to erase my daughter from existence. He doesn't want Barry to turn himself in. Like the everyone kind of, and, and I'm hoping that the that the turnaround for most of these people isn't that like, oh, we completely forgive you, Barry. Um, I think that it makes sense that um, I think from day one it made or from episode one it made sense that Ollie did not blame. Uh, Flash, uh, Barry. But that's that's Ollie's character, though. Ollie is so yes. earth-based and earthbound. He can't understand yeah. the fact that that you know someone's actions can affect the timeline. These are all sci-fi words to to Ollie. Like he's just like, well, what can I see? What can I touch? What what's going on around me? Well, and he also like he he doesn't he sympathizes with Barry. He's like, you don't think if I had the power to go back in time, I wouldn't go back and, and stop my parents from being I killed. I loved that. And that all plays I out. I yeah. loved and, that. And we didn't even mention that no. when we talked and about Arrow. I mean, that, that, up, that, that all set oh, up Arrow. That was the, that was like a turning point for me when I just went, these two characters 
are the they're they're everything to this universe. You know, you've, yeah. you they're always pulling each other back from the edge, and yes. uh, that was beautiful scene. And I think that's why the the, the ending with these two was uh, was a, also a, a, the way to end it, a beautiful scene to end it. The the, the crossover episode. Uh, but before we get there, like like I said, you know, um, we it makes sense that that Cisco now forgives Barry because Cisco gets gets it like he thought he was doing the right thing by going back in time and by uh letting the alien go and as it turns out if they just let the alien die maybe maybe just maybe the invasion wouldn't happen well yeah um, and and the other thing which i like is uh back in the the season finale of episode one when um barry was trying to make the decision whether to save his mother or not and affect the timeline Professor Stein was one of the people there. And they were arguing about the complexities of time travel. They were saying, well, what you do will have an action here and there and there. And he seemed to be one of the people who didn't appreciate Barry changing time. Now, the same way that Cisco's done it, Professor Stein's done it. And they're starting to kind of learn that, oh, shit, it's not just Barry who's changing things. We are all contributing to this. Mm-hmm. You know, so maybe that is one of the things which will turn. I think everyone's starting to learn that they're all messing with time. Yeah, yeah, and I, and I think you know, Cisco's was m- much more closely related to uh, Barry and Flashpoint than Stein's. Stein's was what was very much more personal, um, and and he realized that what you know that he loved his daughter and that he didn't want to correct this aberration. It was no longer an aberration. She's a real person. Essentially going back and preventing it from happening is erasing a person from existence. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, at least Barry, or at least um, Cisco and Stein, you know, they have all the reason in the world to forgive Barry. Ali never really blamed him. I, I hope that going forward, you know, the times that we see John and um and Barry in a scene together that maybe there's a it's a little tense because John may not want Barry to turn himself over but that doesn't give him any reason to completely forgive Barry for erasing his daughter from existence cuz he didn't travel back in time at all um so and i i think at the end of the episode they kind of talk about if they're they're cool and I forget how they exactly left it, but, um, you know, I, I hope that Flashpoint, I think Flashpoint, the effects of Flashpoint have pretty much kind of saw, like, I think we're done with that storyline, but I hope that there's little things here and there in the, in the second half of this season that, that still kind of play a role. Well, you don't know who oh. now exists again because of Flashpoint. You haven't seen everything now. It'll be a cool yeah, way true. to bring characters back. Now, I'm enjoying HR. Um, oh, my God. <laughs> all of these different different wells that um, Tom Kavanagh has oh. played are fantastic you had like you know the earbud thorn harrison wells you've had earth 2 harrison wells and now you've got hr they are all fantastic but i still think the best nemesis that he had was earbud thorn harrison wells i fell in love with that character 
especially by the end of season one where he was saying, I used to hate you, but now getting to know you, I'm actually proud of who you are and all this kind of thing. And I actually believe that he felt that way just because of the way Tom Kavanagh played it. He was knocking it out of the park. And I want that Harrison Wells back again. But I love HR. uh, It's... it's yeah, I I um I agree. I think uh, season one Harrison Wells slash Thon. I think I agree. I I believe that he no longer hated Barry. That he actually grew to love him as as a uh, kind of like a son. Yeah. Um, but uh, I actually and I I'm I'm certain that we haven't seen the last of Earth Two. Uh, Harrison Wells. I he he's I love HR I love what he's about but um I I love Earth Two Harrison Wells has become to me he's the real Harrison Wells like he's he's the guy that Earth One Harrison Wells would have probably turned into um uh, maybe uh, if he was not you know taken over by Ebon uh, thought yeah. but um. I, I and I know because Jesse Quick, we're gonna see Earth Two Harrison Wells again, uh, but I do. I, it's 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 kind of fun to have this HR guy around because he is a little more. Uh, he's definitely more humorous, and I love it because it shows. We've now seen Tom Cavanaugh act. I'll say four different ways as Harrison Wells. Oh, absolutely. As Earth One Harrison Wells. As Earth One Harrison Wells, as Earth One Harrison Wells taken over by Thon, as Earth Two Harrison Wells, and now as HR. Plus, I didn't even count the other ones that we saw in those quick little oh, glimpses that was when uh, they were doing the interviews for the new Harrison Wells. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. Um, that was that was a great episode. I love that. That, that all, out of all the Harrison Wells they could have chosen, the one they chose wasn't a genius oh, yeah. he was yeah. the marketing guy and i think you know and he yeah, just yeah. and how many of us have gotten a job by bullshitting yeah i've yep. done it and and i think yeah and i know i've done it <laughs> uh, i i do it i do it every time uh i love that i think that that's what's going to push the story forward now for flash is that i think that they really are going to, i if if I had it my way, they're going to move Team Flash is headquarters to the Hall of Justice, and they're going to open up to the public Star Labs, and Barry's going to have a job now. Oh. I mean, he owns Star Labs, but but he's going to work at Star Labs because he's not he doesn't oh. work for the PD anymore. Uh, Hall of Justice. <sighs> Sorry, I just had a private moment there. It's, um. <laughs> If you, I had not even contemplated the fact that the reason that the Hall of Justice has been showcased, because I have three sections of my notes that say uh, Hall of F and J, Hall of F and J. Dear God, it's the Hall of F and J again. <laughs> now, if I hadn't even considered the fact that this is being set up so that this is where they're going to move their little Team Flash... And then Star Labs becomes Star Labs once again. Oh. Yeah, I mean, it, it makes sense to me. It makes perfect um, sense. And I wish, I wish I'd thought of that. Damn you. Oh, boom. Yeah. Damn you. Uh, <laughs> That's too good. It should have been mine. I, I know. It, it really, that one should have been yours, but I, I, I picked it up. 
yeah, but this, the, yeah, the episode was, you know, the big battle between between the heroes and the aliens was neat. Um, yeah, we had Superman 2 it. syndrome uh, going on with this. That's what I've written here. Superman 2 <laughs> syndrome. Aliens win okay. the US, they win the world. Yeah. Well, Superman yeah. 2, all Zod did was take over the White House and the rest of the world surrendered. In this, yeah. all the aliens had to do was, and it's a common syndrome that goes on, um, that once they got rid of the, the US aliens, Felicity looks at the screen and goes, it's not just happening here. And yeah. I was just like, well, why is it happening everywhere else? No. Yeah, because where there there aren't metas everywhere else. Like as far as we know, like I mean, they may be everywhere else because they left uh, Central City. But you know, for the most part, metas are kind of regulated to Central City uh, and maybe Star City uh, because they're close to one another. Yeah. But uh, that's but they were all. At one point, they were only all located in Central City when when the uh, the thing went off. Um, so it is weird that they were everywhere. But I did love um, this final battle. I loved yeah, Firestorm's was, transmutation powers coming into it because we haven't had that much going yeah. on during during this. Uh, the Adams taken a bit of a backseat. Uh, Firestorm had taken a bit of a backseat. Stein had stepped up, but Firestorm had kind of taken a bit of a backseat. Mick. Uh, Mick is there for the one-liners. Now, I don't know if you noticed this, and I'm not sure if it's if it's appropriate in a kid's show, <clears throat> but did you notice as Mick was burning all of the aliens with his gun, he decided to throw out a deliverance reference? <laughs> yes, I did. Now that you say it, he totally did <laughs> lay out a deliverance It wasn't exactly reference. word for word, but we knew what he was talking about when he was like, fry little piggy, fry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now, for um, me, as a, as a parent, my daughter had no idea what I was laughing at, and I'm never explaining <laughs> it to her. She's never watching that yeah, film. No, never. So she'll never know why I was no. laughing. But <laughs> I just thought, oh, my God, this is just, it's getting to the point with this show where it is just fantastic because of the amount of references in it. Before before we rewrap up the, the not only Legends of Tomorrow, but the podcast, I do want to talk about Mick real quick because he was there for the one-liners. But, I, you know, he was probably my, you know, he's in the top five of my overall moments of the show. Like, he had all the great lines with Supergirl. Like, his interaction with Supergirl was just as adorable as Barry's was in, in the season one crossover. Um, I, I loved when she asked, how'd you get the name Heatwave? <laughs> yeah, and with all those powers and everything she has, and she was still taken aback. You yeah, know? Like, like <laughs> that I burned my parents alive and I love fire. <laughs> like that, like she doesn't know what to do with that information. Like, she she was expecting a group of heroes, and you got this guy who said something that is without a question villainous. See, I and... I miss Captain Cold at the moment. I yeah, I thought yeah. that for the whenever he turned up on the Flash, and for the first season of um of Legends of Tomorrow, I thought Wentworth Miller chewed the scenery. 
with such amazing talent. He was just, everything he said was smarmy and villainous and all that, but with this amazing sense of charm. Now, I love Heatwave yeah, equally. Like, you know, even at the end when he she gets that little, you know, portal device and he just pops out of nowhere and walks past her and just goes, <laughs> call me skirt. And it's just... <laughs> and she just walks past and she's still got that same look on her face. You know? But I'm sure in Mick's mind, he would probably think, yeah, she'll call me. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I, I think he was... He might even have been my second favorite part of the episode, just behind the whole entire episode, uh, Flash episode. I mean, he was just—he was great. <laughs> I, I can't he's, help but smile. He's never wasted. Him. He's and and the guy who plays him plays him just with this kind of sense of irony. Um, yeah, yeah, knowing and, what and, he's doing, but just loving it. And I gotta say, like I, I've liked the character of Mick. I think, especially when Col- uh, Captain Cold was around, like I love, I love those two playing off one another. Um, so far this season, like I, I haven't hated Mick, uh, but like he was just another character on- and part of the team. Uh, this was the first time, probably in season two for Legends, that like I actually really enjoyed watching Mick on screen. Like it was, he was just really good for those three nights. Oh, he was fantastic! Like when he's. I'm not calling you Supergirl. That's just dumb. <laughs> Supergirl, <help! laughs> and that was it. And when it came down to it, he was like, "Supergirl, do something," you know. And she was like, "Well, you can call me Kara." And he's like, "No, that's not going to work for yeah, me." Yeah. What are you going to call? Well, I'm, I'll just call you Skirt. Yeah. It's just like, Mick, you're awesome. Yeah, you know. I, I mean, I I would like to see more. I would love to see a Heatwave Supergirl crossover. Like, I I feel like that would be a fun episode. Oh, that would be fantastic. Because she never knows, she would never know how to take him, and he would play on that. Yeah. yeah. Um. So. Uh. So overall, legends, like I said, um, it just it was it was a nice way to wrap up the bow on invasion. I think, um, aside from the parts with Mick, obviously, I think my favorite part of the episode was absolutely how it ended with with uh, Ollie and and Barry talking. Um, I, I thought it was a, an interesting choice. Like I said, in the beginning of this, this whole invasion discussion to have it end with them too, but it's also a choice that makes a lot of sense because without them too, we don't get legends to tomorrow. We don't get, uh, you know, a, a heat wave. That's part of a permanent team. We don't get Adam. We don't get, um, you know, uh, whatever the, uh, captain, no, what's his name? It's captain America. No. <laughs> oh, uh, commander steel. Commander Steel, that's it. Um, we we don't get uh, Vixen. We don't. We don't. We probably don't even get Supergirl, even though she's on another Earth. You know, w- without these two guys, we don't get all this great Berlanti versus awesomeness. Yeah. So I think it was so appropriate to end with them too. Um, and for me, and I think I, I think it's pretty evident throughout this entire discussion. Overall, this crossover event I think was fantastic. I loved it from start to finish, and I'm gonna, and I'm including Supergirl in that start for me. Uh, from from all four nights was a great time for me. I, I enjoyed it every single minute of it. Um, like I said, I think the, I, there was one thing I mentioned at some point, and I already forget what it was that I did not like. Uh, and aside from that, uh, that was so small that it doesn't mean anything because I already forget. Uh, now. What is, Steve, your opinion 
on uh, Invasion, the the television three part event for you because we know you don't count Supergirl as it. Oh no, um, I'm counting and... Supergirl. <laughs> don't you dare try and worm um, out a, worm out this Supergirl episode out of it, man. It's a four part event. Uh, it's well, advertised as such. <laughs> no, I am. Um, I want. I want to know two things. I want to know how what you thought of the the four part event on CW. Uh, as its own thing and also because you this is your favorite comic book story uh thing uh crossover event what did you think compared to its source material i I think that that what was always going to happen with me was this was never going to stand up to invasion um for me that the standard was too high you had you had certain things going on at the time as well like you had uh um you had Todd McFarlane was just coming onto the scene as far as artwork goes, and some of the artwork, uh, like issue two, was his. Um, and so there was a lot of there's a lot of nostalgia for me with this, where I needed to cut the nostalgia out, and I needed to look yeah. at what they were doing, what characters they had to work with, and of course it's TV, so they've got a budget that they they need to. to to stick to and there's going to be certain things that were never going to make the cut the one thing which i thought should have been left in was the original design of the dominators ship the dominators had a very simple design which was almost like a u-shape when i saw the dominators ship on on this i was a little bit disappointed because these guys have such a, a a knowledge and a history of and and are always bringing things in from the universe I thought that for me that would have been the thing which would have just made me go, I'm all over this. Um, they just needed to not call it invasion. I've heard people calling it heroes versus aliens. Yeah. Now, so so that was how they marketed it in the U.S. That it wasn't even called invasion in the U.S. Really until I think the 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 episode like the week of like it was marketed heroes versus aliens for the last two or three weeks leading okay up so it. if we're reviewing this as heroes versus aliens as inspired by invasion um mm-hmm. i'm all over this i loved the absolute shit out of uh the 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 final three parts of it um and i think <laughs> if they had have in some way managed to at least link the Supergirl episode to it, I would have considered all four episodes to be to be a winner because the further I got into this and the more I started to enjoy the Supergirl character herself, I'm interested to go back and watch that first episode again because yeah, yeah. I would love to see her thighs again. <laughs> I keep obsessing over that, but she's she's amazing looking, and it's not just that she's great looking. She's she's got this air about her where it's not like yeah. she knows how great she is. She's just Supergirl. Yeah, much like um, uh, her, uh, uh, evidently her counterpart uh, Felicity Emily Bet Record uh, or Records or whatever. Uh, she seems like Melissa. Uh, Benoist seems like a type of person who in real life is just really down to earth maybe not as much and I, I don't like using the, the term party for, for uh, Felicity um, but 
maybe not as much of a partier based off of what, what, what I see through her social media posts, but um, definitely like just she seems like she, like I picture how she is as Kara Danvers and Supergirl uh, in the episode where Flash in season one comes on board, how kind of adorable and adorkable she is. That's how I picture her in real yeah. life. She just seems like a really kind of a fun person to hang out with if you're like a nerdy yeah, person good. like they're like just us. a quality to her that seems like you know it's not a tangible yeah. thing but it's just like you know some people have it and, and some people don't but what happened with me is the further through the this we went like i loved the flash episode i loved the arrow episode i enjoyed the legends of tomorrow episode a lot maybe not as much as the flash or the arrow episode but there was a lot more riding on the shoulders of legends of tomorrow because it had to wrap everything up and yeah. i felt that that it it suffered a little bit because of the time constraints that it had in and maybe that was what came down to the arrow episode is the arrow episode was very self-centered so the legends of tomorrow yeah. episode didn't have as much time to wrap everything up but I love how it's still linked into time travel and people from different time periods and all of that kind of thing. And I would say to anyone who's a fan of, of the original Invasion, you, you, you've got to watch it. You've got to go and have a look at it just because there's certain points during this where you get to see this massive like team of DC heroes pulled together from different parts of the, the multiverse and the country and different cities and, and even time periods fighting aliens and at the end of the day that's what invasion was about it was about bringing in all of the characters so that you would be introduced to characters you haven't seen before like i haven't seen supergirl from the tv show before now i'm familiar with her and to use a comic book reference i will now go and pick up her title yeah i and i don't think you'll be disappointed and i think that's what uh, crossovers have to do you have to come away from a crossover yeah. thinking I'm now interested in one more character than I was before. That's what this did for me. So it's a success. It has to be. It was just so much fun, man. We got to see the Hall of Justice. We got to see, you know, yeah. we got to see Mick and Supergirl. We got to the Brandon reference, the Brandon Routh reference to to the last Superman movie that came out. We even got a, a Battlestar Galactica reference with Felicity at one stage turning around and saying, "Oh, frack." <laughs> yes that's right that's right um yeah no i i couldn't agree more at the end of the day i think we both just enjoyed the hell out of this no but um going back to the episode or the the, the crossover uh i could not agree more with you um I, I i at least from the standpoint of it was good it was just good uh it was fantastic it did what it needed to do um it hopefully it bumped up the ratings for every single episode big time. In some cases, I think it quadrupled the ratings. So hopefully it, 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 it takes that and, you know, we have with, um, with at least the, the three parts that were actually called Invasion, they each have one episode left uh, after that, their episode. Flash, as of this recording, Flash and now Arrow, at least in the States, have aired their, um, 
their winter finales already, and we just have Legends uh, of Tomorrow to air. Uh, but hopefully when we come back in, in spring or, or in, I guess, in January, or I know Supergirl's coming back in January. I don't know when everyone else is coming back. But hopefully when we come back in 2017, the ratings are, are just like people are still like, hey, you know what? Invasion was great. Let me go watch all the Berlantiverse because it is just all the goodness. Yeah, it surprises me, man, that you say that, that a couple of them still have one episode left. This is the way to leave it. This should have been the finale. I I agree. I I, I 100% agree. Um, Flash, the three, the three called Invasion, they have one episode uh, after the the crossover left. Um, And it may be to, because obviously for all four shows, not so much uh, Supergirl, because it was very Supergirl-centric, obviously, but all four shows we're in the middle of their own massive storylines that they're telling. They kind of, they interrupt it basically, but in a way that's very believable. Uh, and now I think what they're trying, what the CW and Berlanti want to do before the winter break is, Hey, let's remind you the story that we're telling individually with these shows and kind of uh, maybe not wrap that story up, but leave it with a little bit of a cliffhanger so that when we come back next year, you're ready to get on with, um, you know, with flash arrow and legends in their own storylines outside of that epic crossover. Yeah. We just well, that, had. that makes sense. Now I've got one last question for you before you, because of the time difference, you sure. must be starting to fall asleep at your microphone. <laughs> I, I'm not falling asleep, but a I have to pee like a racehorse, and b I am I, uh, my eyes are very droopy. I got one quick question for you because of when we both mentioned that we enjoyed the final scene from from Legends of Tomorrow. Would you be satisfied yeah. if this is the way that the um, that the DC TV universe ended? If this was the finale, I think I um I I I don't if if. No, I don't think so, because um, if it was the way Arrow, like if Arrow and even maybe The Flash were done after this, I would be okay with those two characters wrapping up. But there's still so much for Supergirl and Legends to get into that if it was the entire small screen universe just folding after this, I would be very disappointed um, as as a fan of story. Uh, and then I would be disappointed for Flash and Arrow leaving because I'm just a fan of having more and more yeah, and more. Cool. Like I never want it to end. I do like the idea of it. Of even if it's not this, I do like the idea of when it finishes, it finishes up with these two guys. Um, not of having finished their careers mm. or anything like that, but just like a a chink uh, with the beers and here's to future adventures. But the um, yeah. the thing which confuses me is you mentioned that the DC small screen universe. As if there's another one. <laughs> Do you know something I don't? Or there's, you know, so it's um, you know, there's rumor that there's a there's a DC uh, cinematic universe out there. Um, you know, I guess it depends on who you ask. Uh, but there's, there's, I, maybe, maybe, uh, maybe that's my my mind is is playing tricks on me. Maybe I'm picking up something from Earth. It's going to be very confusing having Brandon Routh play both the Superman and Ray Palmer. You know, and it's going to take a lot to get Val Kilmer back in that suit. So you know, who knows? Maybe in the future. Oh wait a second. 
we, I, we're going to end the episode before I ask this question because I don't, we, we, I want this to try. Let's wrap with invasion was great. Um, let's Steve, uh, from Saturday detention, throw out some plugs for yourself and, and your podcast. Uh, where can people find you? And, and at some point we'll get you on. Everything is awesome as an actual interview versus a co-host <laughs> of sorts for our very special. Everything is awesome invasion. Episode. Well, um, uh, you can find me, um, on the Saturday detention podcast and on Twitter at the detention pod. Um, apart from that, you can find me on this episode, um, where me and Kev talk about invasion. And I'd suggest that if you're interested in invasion, go and listen to that episode. Um, and uh, I, I, you can be found on Twitter at that nerdy Kev. This show can be found on Twitter at Awesome Podcast. No, at Real Awesome Podcast. Uh, and uh, man, I haven't done this in a while. Um, we'll be back at some point. Uh, I don't know because I haven't posted in a while as of this recording where this is going to fall. Hopefully sooner, before, definitely before the new year. Um, and definitely before Christmas, I think. Uh, but yeah, you know, uh, and there will be an episode explaining why everything is awesome has been so hectic lately or so non-existent lately. Uh, for everything is awesome. First of all, thank you, Steve, for coming on this show. I know we'll have you on again, if for nothing else, but other special episodes that we air so that we can talk geek them outside of that W Had show. one hell of a time, man. Thank you very much for having me. Loved it. For everything is awesome. I am Kev. We'll see you next time right here on Awesome Podcast. Stay awesome. Wait, on awesomepodcast.com. Stay awesome. Or no, wait. The closing line is, we've been awesome.